0: Now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's time for the Fashion Rewired Podcast with Brian Hill. During the Fashion Rewired Podcast, we chat with successful fashion designers and business entrepreneurs who share their powerful stories of success while providing real-time industry tips, tools, and actionable strategies to execute today with the goal of designing our listeners' brands for success. Now, here's your host, Brian Hill.
1: Welcome back to Fashion Rewired the Podcast. My name is Brian Hill, self-educated designer and the director of Phoenix Fashion Week. Each week we talk to successful fashion designers and entrepreneurs about when did they rewire and why, How did they transform their mind, their action steps, their perceptions, perspectives, etc, to reach the amplified level of success they have in today's business world. And today we are talking to a guest all the way from Paris, France, our first international designer and also educator. I want you guys to meet Baku Rambini. But let me tell you a little bit about her background first. Uh, She comes from a royal family. She lived on three different countries, Germany, Algeria, and Madagascar as growing up. Uh, She's been living and also working in four different continents, including Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. Fluent in four languages. Oh, my gosh. Germany, German, English, French. And also uh, Malagoski. Amazing that we have her on the Fashion Rewired podcast. Her and I met online, and we just really uh, connected and understand what we're trying to do for young designers. And uh, even though her family grew up for three generations in the fashion industry, she was actually urged to go into finance and... Following her passion, she got back into fashion education. She's also an author, blogger, and founder of Fashion Cross-Functional in Paris, France. She helps fashion brands with tools and methods to empower their fashion business. How about that? I said a lot, but what else can you fill the blanks in for us, Baku, on what you're about and who you are?
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian, for uh, this uh, very um, complete um introduction and actually I have I don't have much to add actually yes I live in Paris and France and uh, as you said I started my career in audits uh, for listed in industrial companies in Germany actually it was fun I, I I loved that job but then after a few years like it lasts more than I spent like more than 10 years in this career like doing audit and controlling for um listed industrial companies and banking companies as well. I wanted to change career and actually I made my mind in 2015 to really actually pursue my dreams to work in fashion and um, today I'm the author of a book called The Fashion Business Plan. I help designers as you said, launch and grow their brand and I also teach in a top-ranking fashion school in Paris. So. Yeah, that's what I do today, and I'm so happy that I um, rewired.
1: <laughs> so are we? Uh, what an impressive resume of work! We would love to hear a little bit about your Thank your you. family. Um, three generations of of really high end fashion, and how they kind of steered you not into fashion, and why that
0: was. Um, it was. It, it, it was. Something that was that felt really natural to me in the end because I grew up with the sound of a sewing machine always in the background sure. when I was sleeping. I was sleeping with the sound of the sewing machine. And um, I've always been in workshops. My parents educated me to learn how to recognize like fine leather or a fabric by touching it. And um, there has always been like a dress or um, a beautiful fabric in my life. And I haven't been aware of that uh, because it was always there. For me, it was normal. And um, when they decided to um, to actually um, end the business because uh, business was really bad uh, in the end, they, we were craftsmen. My family, I come from a Craftsman family. So, craftsm- craftsmanship is very strong. However, uh, the business side of it was really weak. So, at some point, our business really uh, struggled. And um, when I wanted to um, go study fashion, they told me, oh no, <laughs> please don't go there. It doesn't work. Um, this um, industry is bound to fail. And um, they really pushed me to do something else and that's how I got a scholarship, like a full year scholarship, to study business in um in France and in Germany. Gotcha. So yeah. So well, yeah, and
1: um It's funny you say that. My be-
0: roots called me back a few years ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fashion came calling again, in other words.
0: Yes, exactly. It's it's exactly that because when I was working, I, I traveled a lot, and I was a lot in Asia, and uh, sometimes I escaped from, from the office to visit like silk markets and uh, fabric markets and to have like a beautiful garment done, tailored, and I, I was really happy to <laughs> escape a few hours because I could see and be close to um, that world again, you know. Sure and the craftsmanship. So it, it was, but back then I wasn't really aware of what was happening in, in me. And um, it um, really dawned on me when I was in Beijing uh, for an assignment, a uh, financial assignment. I was working for a very large corporate and um, they had dreadful um, travel conditions. So I was traveling in really bad conditions and um, I was very tired and they were petty and cheap. Plus, um, you know, I had to work on several assignments, several audits at the same time oh, and wow. full time at the same time. So it really, it was like I had to juggle so many things. And um, in the end, the work was not I couldn't deliver quality work anymore. And I was really unhappy about that. And I was in Beijing and um, and that day, um my counterpart told me that he couldn't deliver the information on the time so i would be yeah i would have problems with my boss so <laughs> at, at, on that day on that day my back like stopped i i i heard it cracking you know oh <laughs> something was blocked and uh, i had to go to the hospital so they sent me there and uh, i waited there for hours but then while i was lying there in the hospital i was just wondering how did I end up here? I was supposed to have a brilliant career in fashion and in finance. Sorry, <laughs> there it is again in finance. But here I am lying in, in a hospital. I have no friends, no, no family, nothing. And uh, yeah, I'm here in Beijing. And yeah, that's it. And my, my back is blocked. So I, then I started really thinking about what I should do about my life because uh, it was a sign for me. Sure. You know, when your body uh, sends you signals, you have to listen to it.
1: No doubt. Yeah. So it's, so going back to your family, my family was the same way about fashion. They said, we want you to major in something business-related, not fashion. I had no idea I was going to get into fashion. And once uh, the bug was kind of bitten inside me, it I, I, I went in that direction. It sounds like your family was also the same way, but it's all out of love for you, right? They just want you to succeed and be happy in life. And they know that fashion is, is such a, uh, a deceptive, kind of a sexy industry that is so difficult mm-hmm. to navigate. I also tell our young designers mm-hmm. the same thing. Actually, don't become a designer. But if you are going to become a designer, <laughs> uh, follow the Fashion Rewired podcast, listen to our mentors, read, really get good at what you're going to do if you're going to tackle this industry. And I'll help you along the way but if you're not going to take it serious and you're not going to do the due diligence that it really takes to be successful in fashion, you should 100% not do it. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. Yes, I do agree with that. Actually, um, I think it's really a passion uh, industry because I've worked in several industries now, um, several industries, several banks, and I've seen so many things, so many environments, but what really distinguishes fashion from the rest in my opinion is the passion that you have to have to actually stay relevant and um hold on sure you know till in the long term because it's um it's a tough one it's a tough um it's a tough sector it's a, it's a tough industry yes and um you have to be passionate that's that's for sure
1: so we say it too much, but a passion for fashion still rings true. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it seems to me that your rewired moment happened in that hospital on that gurney. Is that your rewired moment?
0: Yes. Actually, it happened in two, uh, twice in okay. two times. Okay. Like, there was okay. this, this first signal. And when this arrived, you know, it's like there is this new life that could be... Um, possible for you, but you don't know if you will be really able to do it. So I really had to, I, I hesitated a lot. <laughs> so the first thing I did, yeah, it was really, really hard because I earned lots of money with, uh, in finance really a lot. And, uh, it was difficult to step out. Right. You see? So I, I must say, I must. Say, it, it sounds a bit vulgar to say it like this, no, but, I uh, understand. um, that's, yeah. It's um, I have it it took me time to be here where I am, you know, to accept that this is how it is. And, you know, uh, and I will make it as well um, doing what I love, you know, so it took me a long time. So at the beginning, I um, looked for um, lots of training and in in, in fashion. So I I took lessons um like uh sewing lessons i also took um fashion design lessons and then i took another job in the banking industry <laughs> and i went on you know um educating myself uh doing the um, taking the lessons at the same time so in the evening i was designing so it was funny because i was sitting um in the uh at lunch Inside the bank and at the restaurant, and I was uh, doing my sketches so for (laughs) for fashion design. So my colleagues were asking me like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Eh, "No, I'm just like trying to um, to cool down just for the lunch, and uh, let's see what happens afterwards before working."
1: You were tapping into your creative brain at lunchtime. I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it it was, because, you know, and and this is how I tested myself as well, you know, like, it was important to do that for me to see if I, was it really that important for me to do that? But it was, I needed the time when I sketched, I needed the time um sewing, I needed the time learning to embroider. And uh, during my vacation time, I also went to uh, foreign fashion weeks in Berlin. To help fashion designers um, backstage, and these were really like um, very important times for me to decide if it was really that vital for me to change. And actually, I really, really loved the time I spent backstage, and um, awesome. it was, yeah, for me it was life. That was life for me, and. I loved it, and all the people who worked with me told me, "Like you're a natural. Like, what are you doing in, in a bank? It's <laughs> it's so not you. And um, the you, you need that kind of experience to validate if if it's really right for you. Right, you right, know? right. So, so yeah. step
1: so step one for you after your rewire was simply to get educated in your craft in yes. this new industry. Right. What do you think step yes, two clearly exactly. was for you in your rewire?
0: Uh, step two was meeting people in the industry because i reached out to many people um from many experts and i asked them um what i should actually do sure but i didn't exactly follow what they said to be honest
1: <laughs>
0: but i i met lots of people from the industry and uh, it enabled me to understand how the processes work inside this um the sector so yeah it was that was step two: meet people and networking from the industry and get their feedback.
1: Got it. Networking
0: so, and also, yeah, exchange with them and understand what they're doing and uh, what um, their job, con- their, their function consists in, and how. Um, what are the place in the, the fashion industry to, to to map it out? Actually, to map out who is doing what exactly?
1: Right, in right. this Industry in America, we always say, uh, "How do you get out of your cubicle?" How can I leave my nine-to-five job? So in step three, mm-hmm. what was step three to lead that corporate world to get back into fashion?
0: Um, yeah, I left my cubicle <laughs> <laughs> uh, by uh, doing step three, so going to industry events. That was also very uh, important. So like the fashion week I talked to you about, sure, uh, but also conferences, workshops, um, I also work with designers, and uh, I—that is really, 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 really key—to check if that is really for you. Yep. You need to um, test yourself on on the job. So I've done, for example, I've delivered um, garments for people. So I know that, for example, I would not do that. I maybe I would uh, design myself and um, have it done, but then doing it myself is not is not an option for me. Sure, sure. Or oh, maybe just for me, for my own person. But uh, yeah, but then you need to really test yourself. You know, like uh, uh, try the job um, and the work jo- backstage. See see what it happens, and yeah.
1: Got it. So you're doing some on-the-job training, we call it here. And testing, uh, yes, the, exactly. And testing the waters, but we want to know when you cut off that guaranteed paycheck. What was that step? Tell me about that. To go from no guaranteed paycheck in finance to your own fashion entrepreneurial step.
0: Well, I had um, I had some um, some savings, so I uh, used that, uh, but. It was very important to be, um, because I had a second burnout, and this was very intense. It was horrible. It was in 2015, and I attended uh, to get out of the burnout, and at that time I was still working in the bank. Um, I attended a Tony Robbins seminar, Okay. and it really changed my life, my entire life life. Excellent. Yeah. Before that, I read The, um, the Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard. Yes. And um, it helped a lot figure out what kind of system and business model I would implement for uh, my activity. But the actual step and decision to step out, I did it after Tony Robbins Got seminar at the uh, UPW. Got it. It was major. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we've talked to other designers and entrepreneurs and they've said that in their steps, one of those was hiring a life coach. And so that's exactly what you did for step three. You brought in Tony yeah. Robbins and, uh, that was the kicker for you after that second burnout. Exactly. And people have multiple yeah. multiple rewires, uh, throughout their careers, but you had two pretty close to each other. And that last one, that was enough for you to do. I, I love the fact that you uh, pulled the trigger and now you got into fashion. So how did you go from that step to becoming a a professor at this college in Paris, France?
0: Um, For me, it was, I understood after reading uh, this book, for example, The Millionaire Messenger, but also by watching a few digital um, marketing experts, I understood that it was a game of influence. Um, So I needed to reach that stage where I become sort of an influencer and um so i thought i tried to think of what my value added would be in fashion sure what my uh, different angle would be that's very important to brand yourself in a way that your voice can be heard in in the, um, the crowd yes because it's very crowded there so i needed um a unique voice, uh, a a unique point of view. And I thought of it, and I decided to mix this business planning and uh, finance with fashion because I helped designers do do it, you know? Right. Uh, And I thought that um, that point of view was unique because nobody really specialized in that at that time. Right. And uh, I decided to become, um, to tackle the... um, the social media and uh, the web to um, to actually talk about uh, what I'm doing in my, my specialty. So I started a blog, so, which is now the the uh, well Fashion FXF. Yes. And um, I used social media a lot to set my influence and the tone and my point of view. And uh, the first social media I used was LinkedIn because that's what I was really comfortable with uh, at that time as a corporate, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I use LinkedIn, but it went it went really fast it went really fast with LinkedIn because I posted a few articles there, then I was seen uh, as an expert and then I got like um uh, interview uh, requests uh, from um from Forbes Africa. Yes. And uh, I also got, yeah, I got so many opportunities that were offered to me thanks to my LinkedIn positioning. And, um, yeah, and I also could build, um, start my uh, own community uh, and my newsletter thanks to LinkedIn as well. So it was really, really helpful to start with LinkedIn. Today, I it's no longer my, my main uh, uh, my main social media, but that's where I am the strongest. Sure, in, sure, sure. LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, but so, yeah, I use social media a lot. Yeah.
1: So that's excellent. I'm going to go back and, and make sure we we sum up what happened here. Right, this little uh, step you took. Yeah. So basically, you you valued yourself. You figured out what unique skill sets, what unique voice and angle you're going to attack in the fashion industry. You went back to your exactly. uh, comfort zone of finance, but also your love of fashion, mm-hmm. which is why it's called uh, fashion cross-functional, right? Because it's fashion exactly. and business. I love that. And so now you've got this unique mm-hmm. voice. That unique voice was then uh, leveraged, and people saw you as an expert right away because you were, because those, uh, those two words go together, are pretty tough, separate, but together they're really good, fashion and business, and from there, you, you start building yeah. a voice and identity. So uh, that, that's, I love that. I want everybody to know that because when they read your blueprint later on mm. of this podcast, I want them to be able to follow your steps and be inspired because lots of people have these cross-function um, skill sets. And if they could sit back like you mm. did and, and take time and analyze those and put them together, they'll have their own voice. They'll have their own angle, right? They won't be like the person next door, mm. so to speak.
0: Yeah, and actually, you know, um, all the training that I did, the, the education that I did at the beginning was really helpful. I, I, at the beginning, because you know, I was twenty-five when when I started, when when I was twenty-two when I started in audit, so. I was a bit arrogant because I was very <laughs> successful at a young age, not to be honest. S- <laughs> sure. Sure. And, and when you, when you reach that kind of uh, position, when you report directly to CEOs who make, who make billions of dollars, uh, dollars or euros um, worldwide and you travel for, for all the time, um, it gets you, your to, to your mind, you know? Sure. And uh, I was, convinced at the beginning that I had nothing to learn from the industry and that I could immediately apply what I was doing. But then um, I got a few slaps uh, in the face <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I. that's why I decided to also to uh, educate myself on uh, fashion. And I learned, um, I really learned, and that's something that is really powerful in France in Paris. It's... Um, the the importance of branding.
1: Sure.
0: They have they are very strong on the brand DNA definition. They are very subtle, and I learned it the French way, and I'm happy I've done that because this is something that you don't learn in uh, in a usual business curriculum. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I was really happy that I'm happy now that I can bridge from the creative, creative part to uh, the financial part. Yes. And um, what I also wanted to add is um, once you, you're finished with um, social media, set the influence on social media, the final step is to get validation from inside the industry because you have your um, topic and your blog post out there, Uh, People can see it. Now you need uh, someone from inside to validate you, actually, and to say that you are who you say you are. Right. And um, press is very important for that, of course, like industry press. Yes. But also the key players. So this is where um, the the fashion school uh, played a big role in my career. So... um, Today it, um, it's um, easier uh, to, to say that um, to, to actually state that um, I'm an expert in something because um, because of all the things that um, you can find online and, and so on. But this is something that I also encourage the designers I work with to do is to um, really work, Um, regularly uh, with the press and i know it's not an easy uh, process uh to to get at the beginning and it's easier if you have a budget to uh have a press relations agency but if you don't um you need to understand how it works and to um to build processes to um actually be able to contact those people. Um, regularly, so that you're out there, so that people talk about you.
1: Right, right. It makes sense. And so, you being such a uh, strategic, also very um, savvy fashion educator at this point, you <laughs> did four four steps. We asked for three steps, you did four. You educated yourself in this craft, this industry. Amazing. You did networking within the industry. You met the right people. You uh-huh. did a lot of on-the-job training, which is you know, donating your time and just being a volunteer just to get. Uh, break bread and, and and experience things in real uh-huh. time, right? And then you validated exactly. it. You, you actually went out and said, am I really worth this uh, to the industry? And it was a yes, obviously. And so can you tell me about some different habits that you've now kind of built from all this action that you made in these first four steps that you're still using today, habit-wise?
0: Okay, it, it will sound um, a little bit um weird but i built the habit, habit of asking the right questions yes because sometimes instead of um instead of doing like asking questions that serve you we tend to ask things that really uh, lead you to whine <laughs> why is this happening to me yeah no really it's why true. is this happening to me but if you ask yourself that question um you don't find any solution right actually and and from that from that moment when you when you shape your question um you open yourself for a solution and the solution always comes you know that this is something that i learned that's one, one habit that I uh, really developed. That's, um, that's a good one. What's, what, <laughs> <thank>
1: <laughs> what's another good habit that uh, you're still practicing today?
0: Okay. The The one thing that I learned um, during Tony Robbins' um, uh, seminar, uh, UPW, we um, before you walk on fire, because he teaches you how to walk on fire. Did you walk on you fire? Before you do that, Actually, I didn't because (laughs) it (laughs) was at 2 a.m. No, it was at 2 a.m. in the morning and I had someone waiting for me. It was in London and I wasn't home. So I had to um, head home to my friend's um, apartment. But I did the training. Um, to that you have to do before walking on fire, because you don't you just don't walk on fire like <laughs> unprepared. You have to prepare yourself. Oh, I thought you so, just popped into the that, uh,
1: fire and just did it. Okay, gotcha. I
0: know. No, 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 no. You have a one-hour preparation approximately, and now each time I have something scary to do, I do the preparation again. So you have to prepare your um, mind to be ready. Right okay so each time i'm scared i prepare myself and i visualize myself um like um, succeeding until there is no doubt anymore that i will succeed you see yes so this is um this is something that i um i do now and it's it's become like a habit
1: and Excellent. each time
0: I'm scared about uh, starting something new, I put myself in a certain state of mind and I prepare myself. So that's the second thing. And for the daily routine, because you still need routine, I meditate Gotcha. every morning. Uh, in the evening I meditate as well. And I also exercise as much as I can, Good. as much as possible in the morning. But yeah, I set up a routine. Now, that is uh, really helpful for the day.
1: Excellent. Everyone that we've talked to in the past on Fashion Rewired, they've got these great daily routines and rituals, and uh, you fit right into the same category with meditation and just being healthy and being fit and exercising. Uh, I guess I'm going to call the other routine walking on fire. Whenever you're scared, you just simply go back to your walk on fire training for your mind. I love that. In fact, I always remember that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and asking the right yeah, it's questions. Yeah, amazing.
0: I encourage you, yeah
1: yeah, and asking the right questions. Sorry. And, and asking the right questions is another great habit. Um, yes. I think uh, I try and do the same exactly. thing. You know, I respect everyone's time. And when I'm talking about whatever the subject is, I want to ask really key questions that I can really gain what I need to move forward or to know if it's a yes or no. And so my teammates sometimes, I'm also teaching them that that tactic because they might ask three questions, but I'm always saying there's one more question you forgot to ask. And so it's kind of a running joke in our office that. Just that next question is the, really the key one, right? But sometimes people are a little bit shy. Mm-hmm. They don't feel don't want to feel imposing, et cetera. But really, you need that one extra question to really get the meat of what you need.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's really helpful. And it, it helps to also focus your mind on the, on the success and not on fear. It's, it, it's really rewiring. It's exactly actually the title of your podcast. But <laughs> yeah, it's. It rewires your brain, exactly, on, 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 on what you want to have and, and it's, uh, what you want to get, and it's, it's great. I think, yeah, it's very important to ask the questions that serve you.
1: Good, good, good. Love that. Can you um, <laughs> take us to um, one really big accomplishment that you can tie to your rewire, right? So the biggest thing you've done uh-huh. since the 2015 second rewire that you can attribute to the rewire.
0: Um. First, um, the fashion entrepreneurs who got, who got funding for uh, concept stores. Actually, there were two concept stores that um, I two design two fashion entrepreneurs that I helped for to open concept stores. So that's um, good accomplishments that I'm. Uh, I'm. I don't know if I'm proud of it, but for me it's like normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I yeah, know but I um yeah, that this is one of my biggest accomplishments and um actually I also um I'm pr- proud of one thing that I wouldn't have been able to do uh earlier. I've um I've started an online, uh, a sort of a monopoly game for fashion entrepreneurs. And uh, I tested it at the fashion school in Paris here. And the the students really loved it. And it enabled them to uh, understand how to fill out their business plan. Because we had this very complicated Excel file. And um, I didn't know, I didn't have enough time to teach them how to do it. So I thought like a playful uh, a game, a, a playful approach would be more appropriate and more adequate to get them so much knowledge in a short little time. So I, um, I created this uh, real-time board game online okay. and uh, we were able to play it together and um, they got they understood how to fill out the business plan
1: oh so that's most fantastic
0: of them, some of them were still a bit lost but yeah <laughs> I was really really happy about that yes Gamif- and uh, yeah it was really happy about the results
1: yeah gamification and fashion um, when you can teach fashion business is really smart I, I want to check out that monopoly game and for our listeners in France uh, what is the school that you're teaching at currently so they can maybe follow you or enroll
0: yeah, it's uh, ISEM s It's the s group. So they have like several um, chapters in uh, in the world.
1: Just say that one and, more time. Uh, it sounds so cool. Say it one more time for
0: us. <laughs> ISEM s <S-Mod.
1: laughs> Oh, I love that. Love that. <laughs> so if you're in France, yes. uh, look her up at that school. We always like to thank our sponsors for supporting Fashion Rewired. The Phoenix Fashion Week freelance program. While building Phoenix Fashion Week into an effective fashion industry resource, we have been asked time and time again to recommend the services of our teammates and associates. So the natural next step has been to organize a system and network of fashion professionals that we could vouch for in the marketplace. The Phoenix Fashion Week Freelance Program is open to anyone needing fashion design, hair styling, sales representation, photography, graphic design, web design, marketing, social media, styling, makeup artists, accessory design, videography, modeling, PR, event planning, and consulting. For more information, please email freelance at phoenixfashionweek.com. Baku, we're going to take you to what we like to call the garment district. We're going to ask you a few quick questions. Uh, Are you ready for that? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: All right. So we're with Baku in the uh, garment district now. So we always like to talk about wholesale versus retail. And so when you're talking about the services that you're offering the world, your designers, Do you feel that you are offering wholesale, meaning B2C? I'm sorry, B2B? um, Or are you offering B2C, meaning the end user customer of your services?
0: As for me, I'm definitely um, using retail, so B2C. B2C, sure. And uh, yes. And for the designers themselves, I would recommend them to do both.
1: Gotcha. Because
0: um, wholesale, Enables to reach volumes, which is always nice, and it enables you to get to those places where uh, you can really have a consistent, um, uh, consistent sales that um, enable you to um, uh, be present in the future and to be still there. Sure. And um, but yeah, the retail is very important in my opinion because it um, it gives you that relationship with the customer and. You have a direct access to the data, and this is really important when you, um, for you, to understand what you're doing right or wrong, and to correct or adjust if necessary. Right. So I have, for example, designers uh, I work with who only do, um, who have always done wholesale for years, and they are really lost as for um, the feedback of those direct customers because they don't they don't have the the data so it's like very blur you know
1: got you that's mm-hmm. interesting because we always tell our designers that about two-thirds of your business is going to be wholesale sales for the units mm-hmm. and one-third about about retail and we we always yeah. say that uh, the wholesale is is going to run your business going to take care of your operating expenses budget etc and the one-third and retail sales could be your growth right and and you need both yes. you need that that mix of two-thirds one-third exactly or, or something close to it so I love that uh, I agree you agree with that too thank you thank you um, so talk about mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking retail right what is a business resource mm-hmm. that you feel designers should use or you've used in the past that's going to help drive the most revenue
0: oh I, I think, um, in my opinion, I, I'm not um, the brand myself, but in my opinion, if you use platforms like new platforms like uh, Le New Black or Jour, I think it's Jour in the US. Um, those are interesting a wholesale platform where you can be put in contact with um, international buyers. And um, you can also see what they're uh, viewing inside your collection, and you can interact with the buyers. So it's, I think these are very helpful um, uh, platforms that you can work with.
1: Excellent. Love that. And on, on social media, with it being such a big deal now, uh, what platform are you recommending fashion designers to use first and foremost?
0: I would do a combination of Instagram and Facebook. Okay. That's what I would do. I personally, I love Instagram because it's easy to target people. That's actually how we met. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and um, it works really well because you can really like target the right people very fast and target the right style very fast. And um, for that kind of targeting, it's very smart but um in terms of uh communication i think it's still easy easier with facebook because then you can give this community feel um uh, if you have a community you can um gather them together in a facebook group and it's easier to um to be together on facebook
1: right right i agree and with
0: that. um yeah agree and also that. for to run ads to run ads uh facebook of course is the main platform, because even instagram um, Instagram ads are run through Facebook, so
1: yeah excellent and we're we're always big readers over here at fashion rewired, the podcast. Can you recommend two books for our listeners to read to succeed?
0: Hmm. I would um, I would recommend. Actually, it doesn't exist in, in 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 English, and but it really helped me. It was a book on luxury. Um, maybe I can.
1: Let's get an English edition. It's called that.
0: the Marketing of Luxury. Okay. Um, there is none, and I'm sorry, but that's one. And of course, I, I would recommend um, a Tony Robbins' book, like Awakening the Giant Within. With um, Tony Robbins, is amazing too for um, for um, any kind of. Um, Mindset building,
1: excellent. Mindset
0: building a book. It's, it's it's excellent. And uh, the the other is uh, the marketing of luxury, okay. luxury marketing.
1: I love those. And it's
0: a black book with a yeah golden, golden, um, golden scripts. Yes.
1: Well, we talked earlier, uh, our last guest about Gary Vee, and so now we have Tony Robbins, and so now we want to um, implore you to help us get Tony Robbins on the podcast. 'Cause he also had a rewire sometime <laughs> in his life. We would love to hear it. Uh yes. so keep that in the back of your head if we can help you help us get Tony Robbins on the Fashion Rewired podcast, that'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would try. I will try. I assure you. I uh I would love that. Awesome. I would love that. I I will try. Excellent. I I'm still in uh, you know, after you do the um, the training with Tony Robbins, you have this um Facebook group where everybody is there and it's uh, actually run by the Tony Robbins people um, team. Sure. So maybe I can like <laughs> ask them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, good. Please do. So I'm going to take you back to a uh, younger Baku, right? When you were either in Germany, mm-hmm. Algeria, Madagascar, Europe, Asia, Africa, wherever you were when you were younger. And uh, if you're going to give yourself some advice, your younger self, to get to your current level of success faster, what would that advice be?
0: Listen to your heart and trust. Believe in yourself. Oh, I love that.
1: Listen to your heart and trust.
0: Yes, because believing in yourself is, is, is really key. You know, I've when I did my rewire, um, lots of people around me, including actually starting with my family yes uh lots of people criticized my decision and they really discouraged me sure but when i say discouraged they said like you know you're nearly 40 you should um you should uh, look for a nine to five that's it <laughs> and like you know it's really difficult to hear that from the people whom you expect support from and um if you're not if you don't believe in yourself, it's so easy to like drop everything and just like go on but if you feel that you have that desire in your heart, of course there there will be adversity, of course, there will be obstacles, but you need to really believe in yourself and believe in your project and believe one hundred percent, not even one hundred one hundred and fifty percent right you know, and that's where the passion is very important because especially in fashion because the um, this industry is very difficult at the beginning yes it's um, difficult to understand um, how to um, how to connect with uh, the people as well and how to be sure that this item will sell or not you know right and there are lots of like um, uh, uncertainty And um, to be able to go on while, in spite of those uncertainties, you need to really believe in yourself. That's it. And to say, like, to state, to be able to stand and say, okay, whatever happens, I believe in myself, and it will work. That's it. Right. End of story. And you you walk.
1: (laughs) I I love that. Um, You just walked on fire, I felt like. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, again, you know, bless their hearts. Everyone's family wants the best for them. They don't want you to do risky things. They don't want you jumping out of planes with no parachute. And that's what fashion is. You've got to believe. You've got to have some passion to get over those hurdles and some strategies and be smart and be lucky and network and all the different habits that you said you've done uh, to get there. And you need to be able to be able to Mm -hmm. value yourself and look your family in the eye and say, "I'm, I'm walking on fire and here's why. But when they see that in your belly, that fire, I feel that they, they, they support you. It's just the, the kind of flip-flop, change of changing careers all the time. Everyone's always a little nervous on that. So uh, I understand where they're coming from. But ultimately, like you said, you've got to know yourself, and that passion's got to drive you. And uh, use these tools from Fashion Rewired, uh, from Baku's backstory, our blueprints, etc., cetera, uh, to make that dream for yourself as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Actually, it took me two years to get my family's respect. <laughs> they didn't believe. No, honestly, they, they they didn't believe in me at all at the beginning, and uh, yeah. Cool. And now today, it's like, oh, I always knew that you would uh, you would succeed. Is like really? <laughs> hmm.
1: That's great. That's great. <laughs> hey, no what? No problem. They can get they can get on the bandwagon now. Not a big deal. Yeah. So, so exactly. how can people find you online, Beku?
0: Um You can go on www.fashioncrossfunctional.com and uh, you will find plenty of links there to my blog to um, also um, a little booklet that I um, wrote to a freebie to help designers... Um, to launch their uh, clothing line. And uh, you can also um, interact with me. I also have a Facebook group that is um, there. Um, my Facebook group is called The Fashion Fix okay. by Fashion FXF.
1: <laughs> excellent.
0: So, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Everything is on that page.
1: Yeah. As always, our listeners are going to be able to upload A digital blueprint of Baku's story, direction, inspirations, her books, her habits, etc. And that's free at Fashion Rewired. Be sure to always follow us on Instagram at Fashion Rewired. I'm your host, Brian Hill, and we've been talking to Baku all the way back in Paris, France. Thank you so much for today, Baku.
0: Thank you very much, Brian, and I was thrilled to be with you tonight. Thank
1: you. Chat soon. Phoenix Fashion Week at Talking Sick Resort. October 18 through 20, 2018. Phoenix Fashion Week is the leading fashion industry event in the Southwest. The organization's mission is to bridge the gap between national and international designers and premium retailers and top fashion media. Phoenix Fashion Week's ultimate goal is to garner global exposure for Arizona's fashion industry through educational fashion seminars, year-round fashion events, and charitable partnerships phoenix fashion week is gaining rapid acclaim for its community service efforts and for infusing world-class innovation into the southwest for more information and tickets phoenixfashionweek.com
0: thank you for joining us for our weekly 30-minute podcast focused on the business of fashion fashion rewired is all about the successful transformation of your mind perspective and daily approach to your fashion brand Make sure you listen next week for the Fashion Rewired podcast with Brian Hill.